The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a fine episode we have of UFC Unfiltered today. We have the great John Anik on the phone, and Matt and I joke around and talk about the fights. It's a delightful afternoon. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Uh, welcome to a fine, hopefully fine episode. I should never say a fine episode until we record it, because it might suck. Um, I, and I think, I, think, uh, I think every episode is a pretty fine episode. We have our pal John Anik calling in, who is, uh, you know, just signed a four-year deal. He's one of the Ooh. fine announcers for the UFC with Joe. And Paul Felder was this time, because DC was apparently unavailable. Um, to do this uh, week at the garden. Sorry, I'm unprofessional. Why? I'm chewing on a cashew butter. That's fine. That's I, and I thought I was done. Knock us down to a half hour a week. What's that? All right. <laughs> They're going to knock us down to a half hour a week. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. Um, I, I, I had a great I time. Have, I shouldn't have bit that. Uh, you enjoy. I'll, I'll start. I'll say, I went with my radio partner, Sam. I asked for tickets, and uh, they Dana once again comes through, puts us in the second row. Right behind Cormier's family. Uh, they seem like uh, very nice people. And two seats Aww. behind me, there was a real celebrity. Um, I guess he's a big UFC fan. We should have him on this show. Who's this? Apparently. Action Bronson. She was the hottest girl. He was, he was with the hottest girl in the arena. I like when you ignore um, me. No, I'm not ignoring you. No, no, it's uh, okay. But, but he's, he's a he, fan. He's better than Action Bronson. No, I don't say better than Action Bronson. He's better than Action Bronson. Why are you always all on my back? He had, and Go I've been ahead, talking about how beautiful his wife is. I was so happy that who, he has a gorgeous wife. Who are you talking because about? Because he deserves it. Who? He's a hero. Wait, wait, wait. And he deserves wait. a knockout of a wife. Wait. Who? Robert O'Neill. <laughs> oh, no. Who is that, Robert O'Neill? You know what those crickets are? What? <laughs> yeah, do you play that again. Oh, wait, this was not right. Oh, yeah, play the crickets it. again. <laughs> come this way. Come this way. What is that? Play the crickets again. Yo, come this way. Put a charge on the door. Come this way. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? Blow that door out. What are you, okay. Play that again. What? Let's rush the compound. <laughs> I don't get what. And then he went up the steps. What are we talking about? And he shot. He went Walid. And they shot Walid. Walid Ismail. And then he finally he's gonna have went a fight with the Enzo. Top floor. Who are we talking about? 
what and is, Robert O'Neill kicked open that door, oh. and he saw the shake standing there, and he pumped three bullets into his head. Robert O'Neill did that? Yes, he did. Who's Robert O'Neill? Do I know who Robert is? he an actor? No. He's on Team C. He's on SEAL Team Six. Oh, he's a real SEAL. Oh boy, oh, is well, he! Don't make me. Let me. Could you? Why does somebody give me a clue? Here? I am. These are all clues. <laughs> Waleed. Do you know who now he is? It's Waleed Ismail. He's fighting. He might be fighting Henzo. That's Grayson not him. Again. Oh, okay. Who? You know. So the the door opened, and and there was the Sheikh standing behind one of his brides, and Robert O'Neill yeah. raised oh, his rifle. Real? Oh yeah, and pumped three bullets into the Sheikh's oh, head. So you met him? Yeah. Do you know who he is? Now I do. It's oh. Robert O'Neill. Do you know what he did? He's a Navy SEAL guy. And? He's a hero. <laughs> right? Do you know? That's correct. Chris? Uh, uh, well, I just looked it up. So yeah. All right. Uh, well, he's a cheater then. Tell him who he is. Jesus. Uh, he just told me who he is. Who? He's, he's a great American. Could we get on he to some- He shot Bin Laden. Oh, well, then. He's the guy. He's the guy who got Bin Laden? He's going to kill Bin Laden. Um, <laughs> good job. Yeah. Good job. I wish I could go back in time and, and murder Hitler. He was a, uh, here's what I thought about Robert O'Neill. He's what? a very nice guy. Yes. I didn't know he was a UFC fan, but I was thinking to myself, like any, every living you president. Are you surprised he's a UFC fan? No, he probably, the, the level of fighting is very high, but again, when you're over there and you have to get off a, a helicopter that's, that, that, that crashes and go and shoot the, the most wanted terrorist in the world in, uh, what was it, Abbottabad? Uh, is that how yep. you say it? Yep. Uh, you know, this guy understands pressure, so it's not a, not a shock that he's a fan. But anyway, he's a really nice guy, and I was happy to oh. see him. And uh, he nice. pumped two bullets into that motherfucker's head. Yeah. I've interviewed him before, and he doesn't have any beard hair. I don't believe him. I think he's lying. And I want pictures. He wouldn't show me pictures. What's that? I want to see pictures of Bin Laden dead. There's no pictures that ever come out. Well, you know, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> we, could, we, could, hey, we could talk about that all day long. That's all I want to talk you about know? is Robert O'Neill. You know, we should have him on the show. If he's How do you think our show's doing? I want the show to about as go well on. as Bin Laden after Robert O'Neill got a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> I want. Could people please spread the good word of UFC Unfiltered? Why? why what's on your mind, man? I just. I don't know. Yeah, I, what's on I, your I get mind? a little nervous. Why? Eh, I smoke a lot of herb. I <laughs> Not really why are you nervous? I do get nervous. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think the show's doing well? Uh, what? It's fine. Well, I mean, I. I don't know, Christopher Duso. Uh, you feel we're doing okay? I think we're doing great. Yeah. I hope we are. Yeah. I want people, could people please do me a favor? Because people hit me up all the time and I try to write people back. Could you just please spread the good word? Could you please spread the good word about this podcast? Seriously, people, I have kids. Yeah. Could you spread the good word? About I have this? a feeling that I'm on my way out there. You door. might be, Jimmy. It's okay. And let me tell you I something. I will have enjoyed my if, time here a lot. Jimmy, this a fun if, gig. Jimmy, seriously. Yeah, as long as they pay me. If this is not going on any longer or something happens, if, they, if something happens, and they want to like replace you, and you think I'm doing this show like without you? I'm right. You're. I got three kids. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I'm doing this fucking show without you. I gotta do what I gotta do. So you're saying I got Jimmy. So basically, you're saying I, if one day I show up and they make me put on a beard, and Robert O'Neill walks in, you're like, ah, I know what's gonna happen. Jim's off the show. They're gonna Robert O'Neill me. A bullet right in my temple. <laughs> Fair enough. You're right. That's what that helicopter Listen sounded like. That's what that <laughs> helicopter Jimmy. sounded like when it crashed into the compound. I want to talk about and some these fights. fucking maniacs got off. Can we talk about silently some? and they killed everybody in the, that they had to kill? Sorry. Apparently, you like Bin Laden. Not are you out of your bird? Him, Hitler. I don't like the whole bunch of those evil guys. Can I talk about some serious stuff? Sure. I just was. <laughs> it's more serious really? than that. The murder of Bin Laden. <laughs> 
Uh, look Usama at that, bin Laden. The Derek Lewis versus uh, the champ. I didn't see that fight. I left early to beat traffic. <laughs> How was it? Who won? <laughs> I'll tell you, man. DC really could. DC's a fucking savage. He like literally is. I think he's the best, most well-rounded mixed martial artist. Um, I have to say that because he defended in so two different smooth. belts. 12, uh, 12 wins in a row is the second longest mixed martial arts win streak after Fedor Emelianenko. He'll never pass 16, which is where Fedor was at at one point. I just like the skill that he uses. His, I like the way he uses his wrestling and just sure. how he, how he, he punched his way in and then he'd, he'd get a hold of that single and the one time he tripped him down, the other time he lifted it like a, he tried to lift it above his head and put him down. I mean, it's just so crafty, so... So just so experienced. Not to mention his ground control. Oh, I mean, beautiful. I was thinking. I was thinking of DC being in here because I was watching him cover Lewis's mouth so he couldn't breathe. He was covering his face. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen. I thought he would just beat him up down there, and uh, eventually, like they would stop it. But I'll tell you, the way he sl s s uh, slunk. Well, I was going to say slunken the choke. Is that is that correct English? What's that? He slunk it in. Does that make sense? Kind kind of no. sunk it in. He sunk it in. Yeah, but he kind of like slid it in. I, mean, I guess I could just say he slid it in. But then the way he he took that that back take, it was. I mean, that's how you could see. And then you're like, all right, that makes sense. He's a brown belt in jujitsu. So I mean, the 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 takedown, the wrestling was beautiful. The ground control, and even the way he's controlling his hips, and and he wasn't making any stupid mistakes because I know he mentioned an arm bar but he wasn't just going for shit haphazardly that would make him lose position and have that beast on top of him you know what I mean mm -hmm. well he took the back very quick because in that transition you don't want Derek Lewis ending up on top of you he did it exactly right oh no yeah. it was beautiful but yeah. he's so good I mean a lot of people thought uh, TKO but the real knowledgeable MMA people <laughs> called for uh, um Submissions, second round. I, I the knowledgeable that. MMA folks. That's so crazy. You, I think you called second round submission. I was the only one. Everyone else said TKO, third round, and I yeah. said second round submission. I dug so into cool. my well of so MMA cool. knowledge. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so just cool, made Jimmy. Sense. What's that? I said you're so cool. I am. I'm being a hater that you got it right. I got a comply. No, like, I, I got actually, it. Uh, 100%. Got 100%. Right. Yeah, we all got the pick right. We all took DC, but Jim had second round submission. Me and Matt had knockout. Matt in the second. Me I used all of my skills. You know how after Sonny got shot, Don Corleone said, I want you to use all your skills and all your power. That's what I did. Sure. I used all my powers and all my skills of deduction. And I said in the first round, he'll be a little leery. Yeah. He'll still have a little bit of wind. He'll probably wear him down a little bit. And by round two, he will be breathing heavy. Yeah, and Derek Romeo was still huge, too. He did. And Derek was still able to get up, but he just couldn't get DC away from him, which was. He's so incredible. strong. Yeah. For him to get up was pretty miraculous because DC is so good on the ground. But DC, I was sitting behind his family. I had great seats. And uh, <laughs> it was funny to watch DC. I wish he was here because he pulled up his waistband around his little tummy because he looked, you know, he looked heavy. I mean, come on. So awesome. He put on I fucking 45 pounds. He was, he was 205 when he was fighting light heavyweight. Now he's yeah. what, 251? Well, he, said, he actually said in, the, in one of the interviews or one of the, the post fight, whatever, he said, like, this is what I weigh when I fight at 205. He's like, I just. Weigh in at 205. He's like, but I always weigh 245. He doesn't put on 45 pounds the night of. That's what he said. No, no of course. Know, but he no says, but he starts he's at 250. He's probably 220 yeah. when he fights. But the bottom line is he was a little self-conscious of his tummy. I, <laughs> can tell. I wanted to give him a hug when I saw that. I'm like, oh, I hear you, dude. <laughs> his height helps him with, uh, obviously, with getting underneath. It's just with that range with the striking. So he's very smart the way he, he uh, struck his way in. Yep. You know? And then, get, then he immediately went right down to that lower body and just... Went to work. 
I it's mean, a killer, man. It was so. It was. It was what I was like expecting, but you know, it's what everybody was expecting, and yet he still pulls it off so um, so smoothly. You know, he, he also said morning of the fight. He sneezed because somebody asked him in the post-fight press conference. They were like, you know, you're almost 40 years old. It doesn't seem like it's catching up to you. And he told the story. He goes, this morning I sneezed and I threw my back out. And he's like, I tried to go for my run. It wasn't happening. My back was locked up. <laughs> they, he was hours away from pulling out of the fight. Uh, dude, and whatever they did, he, he warmed up and, and he ended up feeling okay and obviously went out and fought. But he was close to not fighting. Well, the age all of a sudden, it does it does creep up on you, man. I mean, you know what's sad, Jimmy? A lot of things, but um, like I'm, I'm going to I'm going to Disney next week, as you know. I got to get a cortisone shot in my left knee to get through this fucking thing, Jimmy. I'm not making it through Disney. No, I know. Are oh, you yeah. see me limping around like a lemon? A little bit. I would I would like to see that because then somebody would underestimate you and go get out of line, Baldy, and then you'd choke him. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see someone underestimate Matt and get a good choke. Be a little weird though, because. I don't look like a real pussy. And then plus Uncle Edwin's going to be there. Oh, he's a big mm. kid. He's 300 pounds. Big kid. But he might big. be going to the bathroom. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so they're going down That's some drunk seizure. Get a line, Baldy. He's choked. It's <laughs> the I end know. of his day. He's yeah. strangled. You throw him in the log flume. Next thing you know, I'm on fucking TMZ again. I don't need that Everyone shit. Everyone would love I it. Feel like the, sometimes I feel like the John McClane of MMA. The shit just finds me. You understand? Um, not exactly John McClane. No, not nothing not, like not, that. Not actually. like no, him at all, actually. No, yeah. But he does kind of get into some shit. All right, listen. So congratulations so, to Cormier. Poor D. I mean, poor, uh, poor uh, Lewis. I yeah. saw him walking backstage. He looked very, very wounded. But again, I mean, it's just Cormier is, is such a well-rounded guy. And his wrestling is... you to, to beat Cormier, no matter how good a slugger you are, he would do the same thing to Ngannou. Um, you know what I mean? He can't. He couldn't do it to Stipe because Stipe can wrestle. And of course, Kane's a different story. But guys who are just powerhouse yeah. murder you punchers Cormier will beat those guys all day well it takes a lifetime to be as good as DC is at the sport and you have to be as good as him to, to, to have a chance he know? kept this big monster on the ground fucking hand over his all that little stuff just he weakened him yeah. by that second round and I thought I was watching for that hand over the face yeah. and he, he did it he did it in the first I, uh, I watched it again this morning because the first time I watched it I watched it like through FaceTime through my wife because I was at Penn Station. Oh, that's I, nice. Streaming illegal. That's, no, that's no, nice. No, no, no. I was fired. talking to my wife. He was in the background. Calm down. <laughs> Sue me. All right, guys. I, we paid for it at my house. Calm down, UFC. Anyway, but no, no. I was I was trying to make the train because uh, after Wyman's fight, I, I got the fuck out of there. Yeah. So fucking depressing. You know, why don't we start delving into that? Got to get that off my chest and talk about that. I um, Did you see it? <laughs> I wanted to tweet because Matt and I saw Matt and Longo. I was so happy to see you guys. And I was going to tweet what a great seat you had, and I didn't. I just forgot. And I was like, after the fight, I was like, I had to I take a picture. I didn't want to tweet it. But uh, I thought Chris looked, you know, really good, man. And I, and I thought they both. Let me ask you as the guy. Sure. They were both standing up. It's obvious they're both killers on the ground too. And I'm like, I wonder if these guys are both just leery of each other on the ground. Well, it's like this, Chris. A lot. Chris was. We'll, we'll take it just like round by round for a second. Like in the after that first round, Chris was Chris had him uh, stumbled a couple times. Yeah, had him sh- had him hurt. Yeah. So and and he was like finding his rhythm. He was rolling with a lot of the shots where 
he wasn't taking a lot of damage. There was some body shots that Ray asked him about between rounds, and he said he was good. He got kicked a few times. I saw his yeah. leg. He got really a nice welt on his but leg early. In that nothing that was gonna, nothing that's showing us, hey man, any more of those, you're done. That type of thing. Right. No. It wasn't any, if anything, Jock Ray was way the worse for wear. Okay. Second round, Jock Ray did a little better. You know, and I still gave that round to Chris though. I had them one one, but I mean, yeah, I don't. But I, that's what I said to Chris too. I go, it was you might be up too, but that last round was a lot closer. I go, we need this last five minutes. And going into that third round, Chris was definitely the, the fresher fighter. It seemed, it felt going into and, the third. Oh, a hundred percent. because he was landing better shots, uh, even though Jock Ray was. They were in the mist. They were like. Like they were right there in the pocket, but Chris was landing the better shots. And if anything, sometimes when he'd chuck right hit him, he, if Chris got off balance or something, that's one thing. But he was clear. He was clear between rounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as, uh, you know, looking into his eyes and talking to him and whatnot. So as far as that third round, everything in hindsight is 2020 in this game. Because it could be like, as far as like your question, as far as are you weary on the floor? Of course. He's, he's a specialist in jujitsu. So. Going into that third round, if it was, if it was cl- close, where it's like, man, I don't know who's got this so far, or if it's like, yo, Chris, you're getting beat up a little bit, that type of thing. It's like, all right, now let's put him down. Sure, that type of thing. Did you think he was up 2-0 going into the third? I th- I would have gave him two, but yeah. I thought the second round was in question, so I yeah. I made that clear. You we knew the judges could have had it one. We need that last five minutes, and he had the fight. I knew, we, we, I felt like he had. The, he, he was good. Yeah. He had five minutes in him. That's smart. That's and good again, coaching because I thought it was 2-0 Wideman, but it definitely could I have been I thought one it one. was 2-0, but I've also thought Marab won 3 Nothing. Yeah, I mean, right. you know what I mean? So yep. whenever it's a question, you can't just say, hey, man, you're up two. Yeah. You just can't say it's, it's, uh, it's not fair to the guy. So you got to be as honest as possible. I really feel he won the war first round. There's no way he didn't. For yeah, sure. I thought Chris and the second that. round, uh, I felt good about it, but hey, man, it could be 1-1. Yeah. We need this last five minutes. Yep. So I let Ray do more of the talking because everything was taking place standing up. Uh, I let Chris know that, like, you know, he could do a takedown, but there's no reason to really stress for him at that point to do the take, to, to put him down because he was getting the better standing up and there was no indication. Anything that happened standing up, obviously, and it did, but up, but at that point, there was nothing saying, like, man, you know, in this next round, if anything, Chris would find his home in the next round. It yeah. seemed. I thought that in the in the clinch though, Jacare looked more dangerous in, in those like those those uh, in, in those clinches. I was like, I wanted Chris out of there. Like, Get the fuck out of there because I thought yeah. at range he was doing a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, Chris also has slick elbows from there too. He threw so, a couple of heavy uh-oh. elbows in that yeah. second round. Or was the third round? I mean, I think it was the second round. I got it, So it's like, you know, it's not. He was he was fighting. Really well. Chris was fighting really well. Were you guys surprised that Jacare was keeping it standing up and not even attempting to take him down? We thought there'd be he'd attempt uh, some takedowns, but the fact that he he wasn't that and Chris was landing. I mean, Chris was busting him up. Yeah. I'm telling you, Chris was landing. I mean, you've seen it. I've seen it very close. And it was the one scramble on the floor when Chris got the takedown. Jacare did a beautiful um, roll. Yeah, and uh, Chris. Right away, framed and got out of there because it was so he didn't get in trouble. But you know, if I, it's it's always you know everything's always twenty twenty. It's almost like oh well, I, the third round. Why don't you just tell him to shoot in and take him down and get and dominate him? And it's like that's scary. It's one of those things. Like all right, man, let me. I push for that takedown while he's winning the stand up. I do something that gets a failed takedown. This guy's on his back. He loses. Now who's the jacket? So it's man. like he was he was doing well. He was winning, and. 
you know, we always had that in our back pocket to put him down. But he got caught. With 45 seconds left or a minute left, then maybe you go for a takedown. But, like, you know, fresh in the round, yeah. you're right. It's crazy just to and put I've yourself all, in that And position. I've always let him know, like, during the thing, short time. That's when I was yelling when it's 30 seconds left. So he has that in his mind if he needed it. But he was doing well, man. So he was doing so well. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's a heartbreaking game. When he got knocked down, it was very obvious to me that he was he was finished. I mean, that was a tremendous shot. And I love yeah. that Jacare didn't jump on him. Uh, Jacare's a, listen, I can't say enough about that guy. I've been a fan of that guy in, in straight up in the jiu-jitsu world. I mean, he's a guy's a legend. And he made that transition to MMA. And in the very beginning, he had a little like, bit of a rough start when he first came over. But that shows you his uh, dedication because now he's a dangerous striker. Yeah. It, it took, even though he's an athlete, it took him like on the job training that a lot of jujitsu guys that aren't used to getting hit won't, won't, they won't, they'll, they'll bail out before that if their jujitsu is not enough. Yeah. So it shows you the type of, of um, character and uh, work ethic that Jacare has. So nothing but respect to him. Very respectful guy. Nothing but good things to say about him and his team. If you got to lose to somebody, that's the type of guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, Jacques Ray's martial a- artist. He did not want to hit Chris again. And, uh, and then he hit him a few times when the ref didn't yeah, stop. Yeah, he had game. to. That's, he had to. that's his yeah. job, yeah. And did you did you think the same as Jacques Ray, like that should have been the end of the fight there? Yeah, I mean, the fact that, listen, Chris Jones are kind of open. Of course. No, no, it okay, should have been yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, okay. But in the middle of it, when, when Chris went to all fours, went for his like in, in the fight, I'm like, you know, keep moving, Chris. You know, obviously, you don't know how quick a guy can come back. Yep. You don't know how much a guy's hurt. Right. But, you know, Jacare was being a, 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 a gentleman. Yeah. And, you he know, didn't want to hurt Chris. You know, he respects him. Could, you know, the referee's got a very hard job. Yeah. You know, if it gets stopped was too that soon. Dan yeah, that was Dan. You got to know when to jump in. I don't want to hop on him because he, he gave him a chance to fight at the same time. He, you know, Jacare could have been a real prick, and he wasn't. And he's not but a gentleman. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's it's, it's heartbreaking, though, you know. That yeah. was incredible. It's just, you know, so that's why, like, after that, you know, we went backstage. Um, and, you know, his family was there. And, you know, we made sure Chris is good. He was in the tent, you know, just the doctor's got to check him out. Sure. And then I got my shit. And then when I got my shit, I just looked at the uh, train schedule. And I'm like, all right. There's like a tw- there's like a, a twelve forty. If you miss that, there's like a two a.m. and I'm right. like, yo, let me just jump out. And you wanted so. to just go and bootleg the fight and stream it for free. I no, understand. Dude, you are a prick. Don't you know already <laughs> that our jobs are at stake? That is I'm true. only kidding. <laughs> um, That's not true. And obviously, you know, this, this had a lot of go. this had a lot of title implications. Do you feel like Jacare now put himself in line to get Whitaker Gaslam winner? Oh, I I'd say so. After yeah. that, I mean, shit. Right. You know, that's no easy he task, was, and that's a fight that he was another another couple of minutes. Uh, it goes to the, the decision. I'm feeling Chris has that fight. So For sure, yeah. To show that kind of, uh, you know, never say die attitude and and to overcome that is is a, is, a, is a great thing for him. You know, so yeah, so hell of a fight. Got fight of the night. Oh, fight absolutely, of the night, yeah. You know? And because, but that's the thing. Going into it, it's like you look at the skill sets. Both have power. Both are, are great on the floor. It's like. You, Wherever that fight was going to go, it was going to be a, a, a battle. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was still a shame the way it ended. But again, I never was a Jockaway fan. You know, I hate that dumb alligator food <laughs> thing he does. However, after watching him look at Chris and go, what the fuck? No, I'm not jumping. I'm, I really like him now a lot. Yeah. Oh, sure. A lot. That, cause that's yeah. not fake sportsmanship. That's not wanting to hurt a guy yeah. who you, you just know. Like, yeah, you could what, you land six extra punches and really hurt him. Right. 
I, I really love that he didn't do that. So good for Jock Ray. Congratulations. Uh, it was a great fight between those guys. You know, and, and another heartbreak, too, was Branch, uh, who was supposed to fight Jacques Ray. Um, uh, Jared Cannonier looked really good at middleweight. I mean, he looked really good. It was his first time going up like that. Maybe the lack of weight. Uh, uh, oh, 100%. It did, did, did well, well. Can I ask it? Just Jared, going back I'll to this, because now, now that you said it, that, that Cannon, you know, they kind of switched the opponents. Matt, did that, not that you would make an excuse What's or anything. What's his nickname? The Killer Gorilla? Yeah. I, uh, he's from Alaska. Yeah, Kennedy I, from seen, Alaska. I've seen him in Alaska. That's where he started. He brought that up yeah. to me. He goes, "Remember me from looking for a fight?" I'm like, "Holy shit, I do!" And that was a while ago, so I congratulate him on making it to the big show, you know? Because, uh, and I'll tell you, he was with um, Ben Henderson and them. Yeah, that, that was Ben Henderson, right? Yeah, yeah. Ben, uh, what a nice dude, yeah. man. You, you know, it's funny, man. I ran into Ben on the uh, in, in Times Square, and Longo gave me the. Um, the hotel room. So I'm walking through Times Square, and I thought he said forty. It was on forty fifth. So I'm walking way past. I run into also. I run into. I'm walking way past the place. I don't know. Longo gave me the wrong fucking directions. So I run into Ben Henderson. I'm like, and I knew he was staying. I go, hey, you know where the fighters hotel is? He's like, yeah, it's the back this way. I'm like, fucking Longo. It's not a great story, guys. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's an amazing it's, story. Uh, uh, Jimmy, what don't a fun Jimmy. Movie. You, why do you got to be a prick to me? I'm when, with you. I'm just. I just want people to know my life. So then I, I'm just saying, what a nice guy he is. He helped me out. He's not even from here. This is my hood, and he helped me out. Um, I was going to ask you, Matt, not that you would make an excuse or anything, but how much of a factor or whatever does a late opponent change change things going into the fight? Obviously, you didn't talk about it. As far as with David Branch, or for for what? Well, for I mean, obviously, we could talk about Branch in a second, but I'm saying for Weidman, obviously, he's looking at Rockhold, the guy he's already fought, and then you know, kind of last minute, Jacare gets moved in. Yeah, I mean. The biggest thing with that was that, like, I don't know, from my end of it, the jiu-jitsu-wise, is where Wyman was really on point with his jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it wasn't – I felt I felt okay with this. This, this. It could have been a worse um, change-up with a total different style. Where I mean, in other words, where you almost, like, want to – be most careful with Luke is where this guy could be most. You don't want either guy on top of you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like Adesanya but, switched in where it's like a totally But when we look thing, at this yeah. fight here with David Branch by uh, Jared uh, Cannonier, the killer gor- gorilla. Yeah. Um, see, this could definitely screw up, but with the style change could definitely screw up David Branch. And this is why you saw him try to use, utilize more of his. Um, Wrestling in jiu-jitsu, where I felt if he was going to be fighting Jacare, which he was, right? Yeah. That he would kind of try to play it the way Wyman was. And try to keep it standing up. Rely a little bit more standing and use his jiu-jitsu as some anti-grappling, you know what I mean? To yeah. take it and keep it standing up. So now that's a totally different change. And as that fight went on, because he probably felt, all right, man, not that, I mean, if it went, he started fresh and he wanted to just stand with Jared, maybe he could. You know, that Branch has some hands. Yep. But he probably knew, hey, man, I get this guy down. I'm a little, there's a big difference. Yeah. So, and I don't blame him. That's, but it's a last minute change. Now, who knows if your endurance for keeping the fight up is going to be the same as getting the fight down? Can we see that? Can we see that knockout? Christian? It's a different sure. win, Jimmy. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? As yeah. far as getting the fight down compared to keeping it up, it's a different wind altogether. So, by him not getting these takedowns and keeping them and, and finishing them, he could have got tired way quicker than he would in a fight where he was preparing for a guy looking to put him down. Yep. Holla? Sorry. My, my holler meant like, you understand me, Jimmy? Yeah, I do. I know. Well, let's get some uh, 
Yeah, what do we got? Oh, we got the, the we got the, the the fight going on here, people. Let's talk about it. You know um, this, and, and uh, what round did it go to again? Second this round finished early in the second oh, round. Oh shit! Here, the so. second round. It was that that early, right? Yeah, thirty seconds in here, so we can just maybe we'll just watch from the start of the round. All right, can't hear it. I know. You can't play it. Sure, we can. You can play for the people. It's the UFC broadcast. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Play it. The, the world wants to know. He kicked them hard too. It kind of landed a really solid kick. Oh, he is throwing some. The killer gorilla is throwing some shit, yeah. man. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. See, Branch is doing a good job faking the takedown, faking that, not committing to the punch. I mean, so I like the feints. Yeah, he runs I, it. And then, then he punches off the... Whoa, oh, he got I hit coming off. He he uh, he landed a small shot and was coming back up. Yeah. And as he was backing up, Kennedy or tanked him. Tanked him is not a term, but you know Does it mean. end here? Yeah. Yeah, this is the end of the... Sorry, I, I messed something up when I started, so we can't hear it. But. All right, let's go back and watch that again. You'll see he shoots for a takedown and pops up, I think, with, with a punch. Boom. And then coming back. He caught, but I, his hands were up, though. I guess there's a show where he caught him. Did he get him on the chin? Yeah, yeah, dude, he put it. He put that because Branch's hand didn't drop his hands. Wow. His hands were up. Wow. Off the break. Yeah. And what, One more time, Chris. Sorry. And what, what Branch did correct was off that break, he hit him well. Yeah. He goes, shoots he, for the takedown, doesn't get it. Goes for a takedown, he hits Boom. him with the right hand, and then he backs up. Hits him with a straight right, pretty wasn't much. Wasn't ready for that right. Man, I think that got him on a, on a funny street. And he went got, right, he between, a, right between Branch's yeah. fists, too, because his hands were up. Yeah, man, I wonder. Yeah, he got caught. Who knows? See, maybe it wasn't about the endurance then. He didn't look too tired up until that point. But I'll tell you right now. What could really, besides a grueling fight, what also could knock your endurance in half is getting hit right on the fucking chin. You know That'll what I mean? do it, yeah. That'll do it, all right. Well, and I think w- watching it, if I remember correctly, Cannoneer's corner thought between rounds one and two that 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 he they did tire Branch out. Now Branch didn't look. How many takedowns tired. did he go for that first round? I don't even know if you know. I mean, yeah, maybe th- but, three. You know, but yeah. but they were. It was obviously a struggle to. Yeah, to do, uh, so. a failed takedown, and then if you get the takedown and the guy and you put a lot into it, and the guy pops back up, which he did, yeah, it stinks, man. It you does, know, right? Oh, for your endurance? <laughs> All that energy for nothing? You know what I mean? Can I have another coffee and a kiss? <laughs> sure. Thanks. You know who's got a great top game in, 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 on, on, on uh, Any girl on date? That, oh, uh, sorry. Who? <laughs> 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 and it upsets me that you're probably never going to see it in the UFC. Bruce Fucking Lee. John Volante. Gian Volante. Why doesn't he? The heartthrob. I don't know, dude, he strangles guys on top. He's good in jujitsu. He's tough on top. Hard to keep down on bottom. Guy doesn't go for a takedown. I wonder why. Eh, he doesn't, I don't think he wants to get tired if he fails it, to be honest with you. I'll be totally... I, I'm, I'm going to get him back in here just for the fuck of it because he's my buddy. Can't but okay. let me tell you something. You know, that that's not the great, you know... Do you know what's an amazing uh, fight, too? Uh, by the way, uh, Carl Roberson... Uh, really nice job against Jack Marshman. Jack Marshman is a, is a really, really uh, a tough guy with a, with a pretty granite jaw. And he was 30-26 uh, you know, <coughs> and uh, two and, and judges in 30-27. A decision by, for Baby K. Really, really well done. He looked great. But I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm rushing that through was... because the fight I want to talk about is my is fucking he? Israel Adesanya, whose takedown defense against Brunson I thought was very, very good. All right, we'll get back to Baby Kato after. We talk about I Baby feel K bad. First. No, it's up to you. No, 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 no. We can talk about it. No, no, no. I, no, you I call him Izzy. You I met him. Now, that was the first time I met him in person. That Israel, nice guy. Yes, he is. He has that pick. He has the, like the, the kid and play pick in his hair. Yeah, he does. You know, He's I was good jealous guy. of that. I go, dude. I wish I could do that. Obviously, I can't, Jimmy. No, you can't. You have to glue it to your head. You look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you have to glue it. I can't do like a fake arrow through the head. Like, yeah. Put the. 
Look at the comb on my hat. Yeah. I can't all be gems. Okay, so Israel. Uh, uh, let's talk about Baby Q. The Robinson fight. No. We can. I'm fine with that. I was very happy for him. It's a good fight. He looked great. It was a good fight, though. Yeah, it was a great fight. I just don't want to do it until he comes in and puts the, them on the screen. I need. And that's very OC. Right now we're looking at David Branch and Canada. <laughs> and it because ruins me. Only because you wanted your coffee. Well, yeah, we can still talk about them without we, seeing them. I, it, oh, gee, I, all right, let's talk about it. Now I'm thinking about David Branch. Okay. David Branch on there. What would you like to, to talk about? What shirt is that? Dr. Dre? No, this is Tiger Woods. Is it? <laughs> I'm not a golf fan, is but I, I love that he fucked a Perkins waitress. <laughs> did he fuck a Perkins waitress? Oh, you bet he did. Thank you. <laughs> all right, can we put up uh, Carl Overson against Jack Marshall? Yeah, I want Another the- good fight. Yeah, this was a great card all around. Yeah, now I can talk about it. You're waiting for me? Thanks. Nice. Wait, this one went... How long... When did this... Tell this me. went to a decision. It did go to the decision. Yeah, but I but Robertson was oh, really Robertson. dominating this fight, and then am I saying it wrong? Baby K. It's Robertson, yeah, it's Baby K. Correct, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah Baby K. It's a good fight though. Very good fight. Right? Yep. Jack Marshman Marshman has an unbelievable chin. I mean, everything that he got hit with, he just kind of shook it off. No, don't, don't call him a Martian. He don't like that shit. What do you think? He's out of this world. I feel like. You should boo yourself. Oh, no, you <laughs> shouldn't. Jimmy. Matt did a Martian joke. Jimmy. I hope they cancel this gig. Jimmy. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Could people spread the word about UFC Unfiltered? <laughs> Me and Jimmy are worried about our jobs. I'm, I'm totally honest about that. How could they with, with m- m- moments like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of this world. Well, Chris fucked up. He did. I did? What did I do? You called him Jack Martian. He did. You can't do that to a man child and a comedian. Martian's very good. All right. Oh, you see, by the way, remember I got my knee drained last week? Touch it now. I don't want to touch it, but it looks swollen. Look at it. I don't want to touch your bulge. He's a bulging knee. It's a bosom. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Uh, for the record, by the way, Jimmy, you had Jack Marshman, or Martian, as we're calling him today, uh, by second round knockout. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was a bad move. First of all, the guy fought well. He so did. don't laugh about it. I'm just laughing. Uh, someone's laughing about and that I pick. Had branch, too. And I Who do I have, by we, the way? We all had Weidman and Branch. So well, we well listen. All right. Well, don't, don't change the story yeah. about that. We're talking right now about Baby K, Carl Robertson, and Jack. Marshman, not Martian. Yeah. Correct. Uh, Who would I pick? You had Carl Robertson by decision. So you got that 100% correct. And I had Robertson by second round. There. Hold on. I'm st- people can't hear it. But tell them what I'm doing right now, Chris. He's trying to blow me. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Chris. I was staring at Jimmy. He was getting, and not in a creepy the, way. You're giving him the look. Yeah. I was giving him the look, like the, the look of me being a winner. Yep. You are. You know? And Jimmy's a loser that, that squeezes his Coke can to, to crush it to make him feel tough. I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jimmy. I do. Watch this. Look at this. What are you Girl, doing? Girls want to go out with me? Well, now how about that? Whoa. She's fucking, she gets crazy. Um, so yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Performance of the night, of course. My pal. I'm not a pal. I just, I've met him. Israel. Israel Adesanya. I got to say. His dance wasn't bad either. I was very. Move over El Kukuli with the dancing. He, I was very shocked. You're right. His dancing was actually impressive. I like what he said at the end. There was a certain point when he was talking to Joe. And he was I, I, at one point. He's like, I don't th- hope and th- throw in hope. Could you play his what he said? Uh, the people, yeah, no? I can get it up over here. Yeah. How good was uh, how good was his takedown defense? I thought it was great. He was tremendous. I thought this was a huge test for him. And uh, man, he passed. He aced that shit. 
I he, thought he did against a, did. a very very tough guy. And again, Derek Brunson. Uh, Brunson was fighting intelligently. Yeah, he and he got to those double underhooks and he got him in some tough positions. But you know, Israel's smart man. Yeah. He knows. I want to. I mean, he, he's smart to, enough to know that he needs more than his kickboxing. You could tell he's working the other um, areas of his game, man. And he's just game. And he's like a fucking sharpshooter up there, man. They don't like each other, huh? Huh? Him and Brunson, no. You know, I mean, they I were, mean, now it's probably fun, but I mean, Derek know. Brunson was telling you know, you know, unhype him type of thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And Israel was, you know, but uh, Israel's he, good. He's good on the mic. No one, no one thought he, he was going. He's probably twenty six. No, I think he's twenty nine. I just guessed. Yeah. He's good though, man. All right, so he's, I was wrong. Flip the six. I, I like right. him. I think he's. I think he's a, a fun, like a breath of fresh air in this place. He, he is. is. Dana referred to him as the what? future. Oh, oh if he would have said the breath of fresh air, people would been like, yeah, you're copying him. Yeah, copying the boss. But no, but, I said that the breath of fresh air. He is, but uh, he quote is, me on that. Who, now, who does he fight next? Now, there's a he's twenty nine. Jim, okay, put up those. <sighs> put up the uh, the middleweights. Let's see who there is for him to fight. Yeah, yeah I have the post fight. If you want to, yeah, I want to hear the post fight because he yeah. deserves that. Uh, is he not ranked? No, he is. Uh, he's number nine. Oh, sorry, there he yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I know who I'd love to see him fight. Who, Jimmy? Ooh. Even though the ranking wouldn't make it smart, there's two guys that would be a very interesting fight for him. Three guys. I know what you're going to say. I'm going to say, of course, Luke Rockhold. Mm. I would like to see him fight Weidman. And I would really like to see him fight uh, Paulo Costa. Yeah, the Paulo Costa one was what was talked about after they both had great performances over July Fourth weekend. Sure. Oh yeah, uh, Tavares and Uriah Hall. Yeah. That'd be a real war. Oh, that'd be um, interesting. That'd be a suit because they're both undefeated. Yep. So you have two murdering undefeated middleweights. Does Costa hurt or no? Mike? No, he was supposed to fight. Not supposed to fight, but they were trying to put together him versus Yoel Romero actually at UFC 230. But Yoel has the orbital. That's issue right. I, I so. would love to see him fight. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Yoel either. Sure. Israel will be an interesting fight against Joel. Yeah, I would think he's probably got one more, <laughs> one more in the top five, whatever. But I mean, he's actually running out of guys to fight, really. Oh. But Do you know his record in, in kickboxing or anything? Yeah, he was seventy-five, five and one or something. Yeah, oh, something ridiculous. Yeah, huh? I, I think Costa, Paulo Costa. You got to do it before they lose. Is he twelve and zero and he's fifteen and zero? Let me check with. Uh, because what that's Paulo a is. that's a really interesting matchup. Is the two of these guys undefeated? Both. Uh, how old is Costa? He's 27. Yeah, so I mean, he's these a young, young too, yeah. the future middleweights, they both have another eight, nine years if they stay healthy. Yeah, and he's 10 is, years maybe. He's 12 and 0. Yeah. 12 and 0 versus 15 and 0. Two killer middleweights. I mean, I mean, th- that could be a championship fight someday in the middleweight division. 100%. Is Costa's a lot bigger than him? Costa's a big guy. I, I imagine that he probably weighs a lot more than him when they would, when they would get in there together. But. I don't know if Adesanya would care about that, though. No. No, he doesn't really cut much weight at all, is he? He doesn't, right? No. Well, I like him. I do too, man. I like him. I do too. And I, I, I'll tell you, him, uh, Ben... Uh, Askren? Askren. Ben Askren! I, I'm excited about... It, it, it's exciting when, when I think of these, um, the future and these, these, yeah. these matchups that are going to be happening. I'm happy that, that uh, he's in there too. Adesanya actually has an eight-inch reach advantage over Paulo Costa, and he's four inches taller. Than wow! Him. That you know what? Because, because of the way he kicks uh, and the accuracy he punches with, because he really does fire bullets uh, very accurately. That that would be a. I'm going to guess uh, Costa has a, definitely a strength advantage. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of pride did too. Yeah, probably. But it, you, you watch out of Sunday. There's not. There's not a wasted punt. There's no nothing wasted in there. He just he throws with real precision, and that that's why he's able to to knock people out. And, like well, that. these guys too saying that they hit hard. That's almost like saying to a major leaguer, "Does he throw fast? Every <laughs> fastball is right. fast. Is is it ninety eight or is it ninety one? Same with these guys. They all hit fucking hard enough to knock your jaw off your face. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't bother him, I'm sure. Let's put those uh, pitches back up. But get the boss. Get, you get the pitches back up. You want to hear the, uh, the post fight? Yeah. Oh, you did oh yeah, that's what I wanted. Let's get that back up. That's here. Oh, I have it muted. It's exciting. He has it muted, though. Matt Fravolo. Oh, I am here with the winner, fight. ladies and gentlemen, the last style bender. This was a big test for you coming in here tonight. And Paul Felder gave you an A++. That was about a B-, minus. I'll give it myself, but I mean, this is all talk before the fight, Joe. They say, man, he ain't got no wrestling, you know? He saw me fight Brad, said he was, he's light work, but this was like a walk in the park. No, no, no. This was a walk in the garden. Madison, baby. Were you surprised that he immediately went to clinch and tried to take you down? I expected him to come at me like he did Robert Whitaker when he was all clumsy. Or the way he did it in silver and stay patient, but he came out patient and I forced him to be clumsy. I forced him to shoot. I can make, they don't know. I started the game at level two. They're just loading. So I got in his head and I got him to start to work and shoot. And my boy Andre, they say no have no wrestling. They say no jujitsu, but you soon find out. You saw some wrestling tonight, folks. You saw him leaning down and you timed this knee perfectly. Andre, Andre. On, was it two days ago, by accident, he actually put a little force with the takedown, and I heard him with a light knee. And I said, he just, he started healing up today in my wrestling coach, so I said, tonight, when I throw it, I'm going 100%. And it worked tonight. And then, once you had him stunned, you picked your moments, you were very patient, but very efficient, and you put him away. I keep saying, man, I don't throw in hope. I aim and fire, down the barrel. You passed your test I tonight, like sir. Welcome to the top ten. What a spectacular victory. Top five, top five, top five. Well, I'm just saying, there's a new, I'm going to sit back, watch the rest of the fights at the middleweight tournament, and then I'll pluck slowly. The last style bender, ladies and gentlemen, Israel Adesanya. I like him. Incredibly uh, uh, a proficient puncher. Good on yeah. Mike, and too. And kicker, great on hey, Mike. He ain't, he ain't shy, yeah. and he's very confident. I like that. He doesn't throw in hope. He, he aims and fires or some shit, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what he Dude, he, he does, man. He's yeah. a fucking sharpshooter. Yeah. I like Brunson, man, too. Though. He I looks like, like Anderson too. Silva a little bit, right? I mean, it, that's what it reminds me of. Just the way he... Tall, lanky, yeah. dangerous. Everything man. at the end of his punches, yeah. Fun, fun, he, he actually accurate. He actually said in his post-fight that he hurt his knee a few weeks ago. He almost had to pull out of this fight, but it Took a week right. off. Yeah. Oh, sorry for you. A week off, his father suggested he take a week off, and he did. Yeah, people, you know, they get hurt in this game. It's a, uh, it's you know, mixed martial arts. It's hard to get to these things in one piece, Jimmy. Yeah, you know how that is. It sure is. You know, absolutely. You know when you're gonna go down and train with Jimmy Rivera? Yeah, do my abs? No, I mean I'm in the gym today. You worked out abs. today? I did. Of course I, I, I did. Look at me. Think this is this is a gift? I have to work for it. A gift? Get a fucking gift receipt on that thing. <laughs> Fuck it. I love you, buddy. You don't need a gift receipt for Matt that. Matt Frivola, Lando Venata. I mean, fuck. Hey, man. Majority what a, what a draw. Great, what a great fight, no? 29 28. That was an amazing fight. 28 times two. Could have been a draw. Of a I was okay with that being. Yeah, I was okay with that being a draw. That was incredible. Yeah, if there's going to be a draw, uh, that's one of them. <laughs> after okay. the way. Not the, so much fun yeah, to watch. Sorry, Matt. He's so much like, fun to watch. 
And Matt's just a tough, tough kid. Yep. And, uh, you know, he, he's got great endurance. He's got power, you know. And uh, I, I, I thought it came down to that third round, but they gave that second round. I mean, listen, it was a close, close fight. You can't really complain about getting a draw on that. What, were their, uh, what are their uh, records? And, uh, and, of course, Brian Kelleher and Montel Jackson, they said Kelleher was really sick. I heard it was the flu, but then I heard it might be food poisoning. Yeah, I read food poisoning, but... What are you saying now? That's what it was. Brian Kelleher was really sick. Oh, he, he ended up... Uh, pulled out. Oh, man. And I thought he took as your buddy Ben Saunders. Uh, Lyman yeah. Good looked devastating in that first round. I was so happy to see Ben. I saw Ben... Uh, and yeah, Lyman, Lyman just got Is he right undefeated, Lyman going. Good? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'd okay. have to check I don't his, know why, his record. One, I don't know why I'm thinking he's 6-1 and one or 6 You know, one. Ben has such a great tie clinch, you know? He does a lot of damage there. And he was backstage in our locker room. He was telling me, man, he's like, man, I felt the knee connect. He's like, I was doing well with my knees. I felt them connect. And then next thing you know, he's got caught. It one got yeah. through. Hey, man, it's the... You know, he's a samurai, so he knows how it goes. Uh, Lyman is 24-1, and one, no contest. So he's got a great record, but he's not undefeated, obviously. 24 and what? 24 and one. Oh, no sorry, contest. 24. No, 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 okay. no problem. And Matt Favola now is 6 1 and 1 draw. And Lando is 9 3, and that's his second draw in, two, in three fights. Wow. What was his other draw? Against Bobby Green. That would be a great oh. fight. That's good, though, because Lando has at least a. This, this would be a great rematch. Sure. Now, I wonder if they're going to fucking play that one back, or else. Uh, and there's also a lot of other, with the way these guys fight, there's a lot of other exciting matches for this. Yeah. At least to know that they're both going to be back in there. Yeah, for sure. Well, and those, You know, those, a fight like this, your stock don't go down. Those two seem like if you put them in there 10 times, they probably have that same fight 10 times in a row. Yeah, yeah. it's up there. I mean, that was such a, yeah. It was a very, very fun fight. Yeah. You know, so congrats to both of them on that. And yeah. We also watched that Shane Burgos, uh, Kurt Holubov uh, fight right before we. we oh, that was show, fun. That, that I love a nice arm, arm lock. Yeah, he got knocked down and grabbed him when he went down on him, right? Yep. I love well, I should probably rephrase I love, that. I love jujitsu. Let's watch yeah. that. Jimmy, let's sure. watch that, Jimmy. Why well, yeah. stretch my back as we watch that? I was hitting this morning, Jimmy. Hitting some pads and escaping some ashigaramis, Jimmy. Oh, cool. I was just on the elliptical. <laughs> the ashigarami. Is that what Jacare used to nah, get up? That's a different... Ashigarami is uh, when someone's going around for a leg lock. Got it. So they bring their leg up and around and, you know, I just started calling it. I used to always just call leg lock position leg lock but it's fun to say ashigarami so watch here <laughs> this is about three minutes into the uh first, first round, round of this fight shane burgos and kurt hellebo oh he got caught he knocked shane down and jumped on him when ready in. he's oh. holding his head to punch him look he's ho so he holds his head and that's a gift we're holding his head like that when you hold the head hey not for nothing Go john jones got caught in an arm lock by vita belford in a similar way See how he's holding his head? He's punching him. He got the angle by using that foot and the hip to get the angle. And he got a beautiful angle. And, oh, man, I love a nice arm lock. I love it. I, do, I really do. Because right. that's a beautiful thing. Kurt has his right hand on Burgos's neck. Now look, yeah. He, he started by having there. his left hand there. And then he switches hands. He's Look, look, he's punching. And now, he look, he, he holds it. And then, boom. Uh. Angle. You see how he, he got that angle to look at his ear? And then throw it over. If he would have just threw that arm, the leg up and over, uh, he could have just bent his arm and he's out of it. He got a beautiful yeah. angle. He, so he got the angle three o'clock. He used his foot in his hip to get that angle. Do you like seeing that? Do I like seeing oh, especially that? Especially of a knockdown. I love... Jimmy, you chair make a noise? That was actually... 
Okay, actually, you're all right. actually was the chair. You actually are all. It's, you like, like, do you like that after I, a knockdown? I thought and it was the guy same jump? noise you made earlier. No, no. What's that? Do you like? Do you like seeing that after a guy jumps in there to fucking uh, ground and pound and gets caught with an arm lock? Do I like it? Yeah. Or do I love it, Jimmy? Jimmy, this goes on in my head when I see this. Yeah, that was nice. And then I go. Ah. That's, how, that's the noise I make when you I do You realize how else. skilled these guys are, though, you know. You realize how skilled a fighter, like, you knock a guy down and jump on him to pound his head, and 10 seconds later, you're tapping yep. because he threw his legs around your arm. I mean, it's just it's incredible. I don't know. How does anybody not like watching this? <laughs> Dude, it's so much fun, isn't it's it? It's so much fun to watch. And, yeah. it's, and it's one of those games, man. It's like a... Like, like, like even Chris's fight, man. It's like, dude, we got... It's like, it's such a... But that's... The game we play, it's a brutal game. It's like we're up two rounds, yep. most likely. If not, we got the we're getting the better of it. Now we got five minutes left. You know, I mean, like he's winning this fight, and then he gets taken out. It's like cocksucker. It's like, <laughs> but like like you don't see that as much in, in boxing and some other combat sports. Sometimes you do, but usually, you know, there's so many ways to win and lose with this and with these little gloves. You know, guys aren't having the undefeated careers. That they would have in other sports, right? Like Muhammad Ali, he got knocked down by I forgot the dude's name. Oh, I'll tell you. What do you want to know? Joe Frazier. No, it was a white guy. The British guy Cooper. I don't know. I don't. It was not um, Jerry Cooney. They never fought. No. Uh, hold on, Jerry uh, Quarry. Might have been Quarry. Somebody knocked him down. Uh, one of those guys knocked him down. Jerry Quarry. And then he gets up and he gets like the eight count. In MMA. Henry Cooper, by the way, is the, uh, is the Brit. I think it might be Henry Cooper, who is oh, the British the way, boxer. But the guy that knocked him down, if it was MMA, would have jumped on him, the fight would have been over. That is true. So it's like, with these small gloves and... and, and Although in boxing, they were fighting for 45 minutes, too. Oh, you're so cool, you and your boxing. Well, 15, I'm a much bigger <laughs> MMA fan. Ali was fighting all 15 rounds. Uh, just body. You knew where the, the punches were coming to your body or your head? Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of damage. When is uh, John Anik calling? Because I gotta go. I gotta do two things. Yeah, that's no problem. He's calling in about five ten minutes, so we could take a break if you want. I was gonna say, by the way, our, our friend Chris Camozzi, who did win his fight, yes. by unanimous decision, he texted me. He was like, "I called that shit." He had Israel Adesanya by first round knockout. So he did call he's that. Happy about that one, yeah. Absolutely nothing to do with the rankings. Just to make him feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just. Uh, <laughs> I like Chris. I I kind of got him in here, so can I take the credit for his uh, pick? What did I pick with that? No. You didn't pick Ramosi. The fuck you talking well, we about? On Asanya, you took Brunson by uh, a second round no, uh, I did disqualification. Not. You, you had Israel As. by second round knockout. I had him by third round knockout. Jim had decision. For the event, Jim went two for five. Yes. Matt, you went three for five. I Ooh. went three for five. Overall, Jimmy's in the lead with a 53.9% pick rate. Can we just talk about a day-by-day -day thing? Can I, can't I just win the day? 53.9%. Hey, you know, no, well, you no, tied for the that. win. So, no, you know. no, fuck that. Okay. I, I, who did better on this event, me or Jimmy? 53.9%. No, 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 no. We're not talking about <laughs> that. 53.9%. Listen, baby. you might be winning the war, but who won this last battle? Uh, Matt, you beat Jimmy. Three, uh, you know, he had two wins. Oh, you don't got to press that. Fifty-three point nine, baby. So, I'm, yeah. so, I'm, I, so I beat Jimmy in this last bout. Matt, yes, you did. In nice. the overall standings, fifty-one point eight, Matt. Oh my god, I got two point one overall. That's right. And Chris yeah, producer is fifty-two point nine. So basically, saying Matt's three out of third. third Wait, of third. he's he's third of third. But that's listen. He's a Hall of Famer. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Can we get the slow down crickets? 
Can we you know, the crickets I, to be honest, that aren't I looked, on cocaine? Fast I looked for other cricket sounds. I mean, like I spent a long time looking for other cricket sounds. That's that's a that's a good one. That's what they sound like. Yeah, it's true, Jimmy. Let's take a break and pee. Yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> We'll get back to this cricket debate when we get back to it. Support for UFC Unfiltered comes from our friends over at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It is an extremely stressful but important purchase, and it's one of the biggest events of your life. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, credit, They give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They're going to lock your interest rate up for 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then once you've found it, if interest rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, here's the beauty. You get to keep the lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash unfiltered rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-day purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for free. You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com slash sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's, it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value, free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's Pull Up podcast. Very special mini post-Game 7 episode of Pull Up, an epic Game 7 in Denver. 37 points, back-to-back, essentially close-out buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power, and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph in a lot of transitions. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to... Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Three, two, one. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Matt. How are you? Matt just did a countdown. Can we leave that in? Sure. I did, I did the count to go back in? You yeah. keep that in? I want to keep it in. What I say? I said, all right, Jimmy, the count here. You said three, two, one. It felt, I felt like, uh, you know, whatever that guy is, that he holds that thing that he has to say. The guy Action. who holds that thing? Uh, 
Not, don't be weird. Is it a severed be, head, Jeffrey no, Dahmer? No, no, Jimmy. <laughs> he holds the thing that he clips, and then he says, action. Uh, we got John like, like this, John Attic's on the phone. It's action! A, the thing he clips, it's a what? moil. Okay. <laughs> John, are you on the phone? I am here. What's going on, my man? See, this is why we love you, because not only are you a tremendous announcer, I would say play-by-play guy with Joe. Yeah. Um, well, is that what is exactly your title? Is Joe the play-by-play guy? Are you the play? What exactly is it? Beside? So Joe is the analyst, and I'm the play-by-play guy. I think we're all technically UFC commentators, but yeah, I do play-by-play at least technically. Very good job. Congratulations, a new four-year deal. Yeah, John. Thank you, my man. I was hoping to come over and say hello. I saw you sitting first row on Saturday night, but as you know, it gets a little hectic. Over yeah, you there. guys are busy. I didn't say hi to Joe. It's the first time I haven't said hi to Joe either. Um, although we texted today. That's what we'll do. We'll send each other, you know, shirtless photos. And yeah. uh, Paul Felder. How is Paul Felder? I, I really like the way he's uh, getting into this, too. He's great. You know, he's got a great sound, and as some of your listeners probably know, he has a theater background, so the yep. performance chops have always been there. Uh, but he had some nerves Saturday night, and I don't think those translated to his performance, but beforehand, you know, he sort of had that big pay-per-view feel, and I said, you know, once you get that first utterance, that first fight out of the way, it'll be all oh. systems go. Oh, wait, was exactly that his first was. pay-per-view? Yeah, I didn't it realize was, yeah. that. I didn't either. He did, I'm sure, a great job. He looked very comfortable. Um... But you know, what's the, what, he does? He does the on TV. I think the pay per view. There's less pressure because yes. if you slip and curse, you're, you're not. You know, you're not fucked. That's what I would. Well, think. right, and and I also think too when he's doing some of the smaller shows, it's a two man booth. He's handling the post fight interviews. You know, the job changes from night to night. But yeah, I would largely agree with you. I was watching you guys as the main uh, card is starting. You know, where you put the black over the monitors, and, and you and Joe and Paul are facing the cameras. And I was—I couldn't hear what you were saying, but you were really very casual and good on camera. I'm like, this guy really is a professional. Like, I would stammer and blink and just fucking make a mess out of it. <laughs> that is not easy to do—to sit there and just talk about all the fight. Do you ever get lose your thoughts? Like, I lose my thoughts all the time when I'm on, on a I, roll. First of all, I never. Oh, me or him? No, no, no. no I'm so, and John Attic. I know yeah, you. Have. I do. I do time to time. Well, absolutely. I mean, I can tell you when I do my podcast, my mind goes a lot easier than it does when I'm sort of really focused on, on a fight night. But yeah, I mean, I think sometimes if you're, you have something going on with your kids, you know, when my daughter had a lot of issues early on, and so sometimes my brain would go and I would sort of get in my own head like, dude, stop thinking about your kids. You got seven hours of fights to go. Right, call. right, but right. It's, you know, Jim, I mean, it's like experience like anything else. I mean, I, I when I first read a teleprompter at ESPN, you know, they were like, do you have a tick or Tourette syndrome? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, because <laughs> I transitioned from radio to TV and I had a very hard time keeping my body still. Um, but obviously I, I have repetitions at this point in time and doing it a long time, but we don't have a prompter on, uh, on UFC telecast. And I think in a lot of respects that can make it more natural and a little bit easier that sure. you're not reading a prompter. Yeah. And, uh, it, it is a lot easier because prompters, the prompter guy that goes too slow or too fast. And you're like, right? and then I'm going to go down and watch. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 it's like I mean, imagine up. being Matt Sarah's prompter guy no. at the UFC Hall of Fame. Oh, I, 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 John, I told them that during that thing that they might as well just not even mess with it. I, and I was telling them to, like, to fast forward to my part with Henzo. I could not, I could not nearly be as professional with you in, in, in everything. <laughs> Well, that's why I can only do a podcast. You should see me. You should see me when I'm not working, but I appreciate the <laughs> yeah, Johnny, you're so, always a pleasure to run into. I seen Johnny in, in uh, at the hotel briefly. Oh, did he say hi to you? Because he totally ignored me. No, he didn't ignore me. <laughs> he said hello to me. I was me. wearing my Red Sox hat, I think. Oh, that's right. You must have been very happy. They said that one of the you – know, it's funny. I, I kind of uh, crapped out of baseball years ago, uh, and, and they said that this Red Sox team is one of the best ever. 
It really was. I mean, I would put it up with some of those great Yankee teams of the late 1990s and, you know, the Big Red Machine in 1975, which probably dates me a little bit. But, no, I just think when you feel like your team is the best and they finish the job, it's always particularly satisfying. That's why this championship has had some residue with me because they were the best team from mid-April and the fact that they finished the job so emphatically was was pretty special. It's always special, you know, because we grew up with a lot of losing teams in Boston, so it's nice now. What do you think of, uh, I, mean, I mean, a tremendous main card. I mean, some really, I mean, you know, Favola, uh, uh, Venata on the, on the undercard, great fights. Yes. But uh, Israel Adesanya, we were talking about, him dropping Brunson, you know, who everyone thought would, would could, could do that to him if anyone was going to get dropped. Uh, was amazing, and his takedown defense was was really impressive. Yeah, he was the biggest winner of the night, and, and people tend to denigrate his takedown defense, right? But in his UFC debut, and I understand that Rob Wilkinson is not a world beater, but the guy tried to take him down 16 times. He still stuffed 13 shots in his UFC debut. Now you fast forward 10 months. He's had four training camps. I think he has improved exponentially. And going into this Brunson fight, we knew he was a contender. He was a 3-1 to one favorite. He was supposed to win this fight. He was supposed to win this fight decisively, but nobody was talking about Adesanya in the championship conversation going in, and by virtue of this result, people are talking about him potentially being the backup for when Whitaker and Gastelum fight for the middleweight title. I think he was the night's biggest winner, yep. certainly Cannoneer and Cormier and some other people, but Israel Adesanya is certainly the guy everybody's talking about Monday morning. Well, this guy, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, and part, part of that is... Uh, Due to Brunson. I thought Brunson was fighting intelligently. He right. fought his way into that clinch. He got to where yep. he wanted to get to. I just didn't think he didn't bank on uh, Izzy having that, that the defense that he had. Yeah, you yep. know? I agree. And he's just so accurate, too. I mean, it, his whole mod- you know, the aim and fire, I mean, that's him in a nutshell. And I he doesn't miss that. very often. That was, was kind of like talking, when I fought, yeah. except I said, close my eyes and flail. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were just talking about that, how he says he doesn't throw in hope. How he like aims and fires, and it really is true. I like everything about this kid, man, and he has that charisma. And I'll tell you, the dance does not does not hurt. <laughs> it was a good no, dance. He's got it all, and and there's there's an intelligence to everything that he does, and he's as good a quote as anybody in the game. And I think there's a little bit of Conor McGregor in him, insofar as nothing is really scripted when he trots out a line. You know, I'm constantly upgrading the hardware and the software. I'm really not worried about the opponent, right? It's it's just it's quality talk, right? Yes. It's not just pre-written garbage that's right. trying to get him booked for a big fight. So he has just been so refreshing from the minute I met him in Perth, Australia, back in February, and uh, might have one more fight. I think he'll have one more fight before yes. the title fight, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the new middleweight champion at this time next year. Well, he does, you know, I, I th- because you have guys like Jacare who were so uh, devastating uh, in, in this last fight. I think he deserves the winner of uh, of uh, Whitaker Gastelum because uh, yeah, how impressive he was. I think if you're at this point, yeah. he'll be 39 in December. You got to sit and wait for that title shot. If he didn't beat Chris, obviously that title fight was never coming around. I think you're right. You'll see Jacare wait and pray and hope that that they make him next in line. I, I would love to see uh, Costa. Adesanya, even though Adesanya probably jumped ahead of him and, and Paulo was number eight. That's still a two undefeated middleweights at 12-0 and 15-0. and 0. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? Yeah, no, I think that from a matchmaking standpoint makes a lot of sense. Sometimes I know the promotion has reluctance to match up two guys like that who are undefeated because you're sort of killing one of your sure, birds, you are. maybe not intending to do so. But it's interesting because Adesanya has talked a lot about fighting Chris Weidman, as Matt Serra, I'm sure, knows. And even though he said he wanted to fight someone like Brunson before he got to that Weidman level, and even though Chris lost on Saturday night, you know, I'd still like to see those two guys fight I as well. I would too, yeah. So we'll see.
No, I mean, I think that uh, talking about that Chris fight, you know, Chris Weidman's fight, it was it was a hell of a fight. And uh, as you've seen, Johnny, he was he was doing really well standing. He was he was getting the better shots in, and come that third round, there was not really. We were talking about this earlier. From our point of view, like myself, and I don't know if you spoke to Ray Longo. I know he does. He's got his yeah. Longo minute on your podcast. There was no. There's. There was no reason for us to switch it up to get him to make it take him take it to the floor because he was getting the better shots. He looked like the fresher fighter. I mean, hey, to Jockery's credit, he was taking a shot, but a couple of those made him take a stutter step where right. it was almost like, man, he's, it's a matter of time now. And yeah. even if you look at that third round. How long it took him to get off the stool? He didn't jump right off that stool right away. I was noticing right. that. So you know, I don't know. Now I'm just yeah. Like, no, I mean, yeah. I thought you guys had banked two rounds. I did think we heard you on broadcast going into round three say something like, "Don't be afraid to take him down." And I, I did yes. talk to Ray for yeah. 20 minutes today, and and he intimated that maybe it was part of the game plan, and that Chris maybe could have shot once or twice more. I can tell you, Jacare was expectant that a guy in Chris Wyman who, who had taken down his previous 13 UFC opponents, yeah. he was expecting Chris to shoot more, right? Um, but I just think you got a guy in Souza who he has improved. He has gotten back to basics and fundamentals when it comes to his striking with his new team in Orlando. He moved his head yeah. pretty well. And I just think, not unlike Matt Frivoli, your guy, early in the night, like, Jacare just wasn't going to be denied. He knew this was a fight he had to win, and because of the way the first two rounds went, he knew he had to get the finish. And thankfully for him, a couple times when it looked like Chris would have him out of there, his chin held up. But it's just tough for Chris, man. And, you know, most of our show today was devoted to, to Chris Weidman and the fact that a lot of us believe this skill for skill is the greatest middleweight of all time, and yet somehow, some way, the record now reads that he's lost four of his last five. It's just crazy. And he, but yet I feel, um, and he's like as he's shown in the past with his skill set, that he can still beat anybody in the division. I, no doubt. I truly feel that. And, well, part uh, of the reason Jacare was so excited is because he believes he just beat the greatest middleweight in UFC history, yeah. and he essentially said as much after the fact. No, I think for Adesanya and a lot of these guys, Weidman still represents the toughest matchup, um, but. You know, and the thing is, too, for Chris, and we talked a little, maybe he moves up to 205 pounds. I think, at least from what I heard from Ray and from Chris, given the way this training camp and weight cut went, uh, you know, I think there might be some pause to move up to 205 with finality. But Chris is going to have a big fight next, and at any given moment, he's one win away from a title shot. He really is. Wait, John, is there rumors that Chris can move to 205? Well, we just started talking, Matt would know better than I, we started talking about a little bit on the podcast today because when you look at the top five at 205 pounds right now, it's not out of the realm of possibility that if Chris decided he wanted to push the reset button on his career, that he could fight Anthony Smith in a title eliminator first quarter 2019, right? He brings so much name value and so much in terms of his accomplishments in a division that other than Jones and Gustafson is seemingly ripe for the picking. I mean, if you want a, a quick path to a title fight, certainly 205 pounds would, would be the way to go. I know he's given up some size, and 195 pounds would be ideal, but um, I don't know. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. Yeah, you, but you got to, you know, OSP, you can never count out, because OSP could just literally punch a hole through a wall, and you also, uh, you know, Dominic Reyes is a, is a killer, too, at the yeah. heavyweight division. No, that's it's good that you sort of inject those names in there, but I just feel like what you see Anthony Smith and Volkan Uzdemir fight, and I think Chris feels like he could beat those guys, you know, six, seven, eight, nine out of ten times. So, yeah. And uh, Jones Gustafson, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that fight? 
Well, I thought that press conference overall just did a lot to get people excited for December 29th. I mean, Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, that's as excited as I've ever been for a women's mixed martial arts fight in my life. And I think for Jones and Gustafson, it's interesting because Gustafson's the guy with the longer layoff, right? As long as Josh has been out. Gus has dealt with a lot of injuries, and I think that's the big variable for me is how does this training camp go for Alexander Gustafson and what kind of shape is he on fight night? I thought the betting number would be a little bit closer. Jones is like a minus 320 favorite right now, and given how close the first fight was, I just expected Jones to be in the minus 180, minus 200 range, so at least right now I see some value on Gus, but obviously a huge fight, and uh, Gustafson is is certainly deserving of a third championship opportunity. And did Cormier do what... I mean? Because there, there was some really skilled people out there who, who picked Cormier by uh, second-round sub, uh, submission. Uh, a lot of people thought TKO, but the really skilled MMA people God. said second-round <laughs> submission. Um, no disrespect to Derek Lewis. Uh, did he do what you thought he was going to do? I did, you know, and I always think there are two sides of this, right? I mean, we could spend just as much time on Derek Lewis. And what's interesting about Lewis, right, 16th UFC appearance, when he made his UFC debut, he listed as his strength on his UFC bio way back in the day, Hark. And obviously you guys know that's been a huge part of his success in the UFC. I just didn't, I didn't see the heart Saturday night, guys, if I'm being candid, right? I didn't see an urgency. I didn't see any footwork, didn't seem to be moving his feet really well and just seemed like he felt like it was a formality that he was going to get taken down and eventually submitted. He wasn't really kicking. I just, I, I know the fight didn't last very long, but Maybe I'm in the minority. I expected more out of Derek Lewis. As far as DC's concerned, on paper, that is certainly what you're supposed to do as a minus six or 700 favorite. And again, he took this matchup without a training camp because that's the way he expected the fight to go down. But I, maybe I'm ignorant, but I expected more out of the Black Beast. Well, yeah, here's what I, again, just to, I don't know Derek, but I would guess a couple of things. First of all, I think he was more nervous about this moment then he would probably let on. You're, you're headlining yeah, Madison fair. Square Garden for the, the heavyweight championship, which is the most prestigious in any sport. You're fighting Cormier, who you know is skilled, probably more skilled than anybody in the heavyweight division, the, at the one thing that you really don't want to be doing, which right. is going to the ground. You know Cormier could do this for 13 rounds if he had to. He trains with Kane. He's never getting fucking tired. You, as Derek Lewis, do get tired sometimes. So uh, I wonder if he was trying to reserve a little bit of his energy by not throwing kicks, not throwing punches, thinking this might go to the fourth round. And then once fucking Cormier takes him down and does what he says he's going to do, which is take that big mitt and shove it, <laughs> shove it right. over his fucking mouth and nose. And he's like, I can't breathe. Maybe that just sapped his strength. He did say that. He, they, they thought that the third round was going to be their round. That's what Derek said after. Well, right. I don't want to do a clickbait, but I think the title of this should be John Anik, John Anik says ah. black John Anik says, says black beast has, shows up just for a, a paycheck has no heart yeah, that, right. and has and his heart's in question. Where's the heart but, questions, Anik? I, yeah, exactly. Anik, yeah, no, you're going to be getting a new tattoo across your fucking forehead when he sees you. <laughs> Forget the 209. You're going to have black beast across your face when he sees you. I'm only kidding, Johnny. Is Johnny there? Yes, of course he's here. Did he leave us? No. John? John? Oh, it, it got this guy. What the oh, fuck? I thought he hung on, up because we goofed. Fucking guy. He thinks we just hung up on him and Black Beast is uh, going to make him get a tattoo on his face. <laughs> I mean, all right, Jimmy. He's a good announcer, man. I really like John. I like John, too. I don't know. <laughs> John, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy, you make yourself laugh. You can have a, a you know... The world laughs with you. Chris won't call him back. How do we do? You make the world laugh. The world, the world doesn't always laugh back with you. Hey, and, and uh, that's what we're trying to say, John. So, what are your thoughts? 
Well, see, that's what I get for using a landline, right? I'm trying to get ahead of these interviews. I get a landline installed in my house, and the phone cuts out. But, yeah, no, Jim, I think you hit on a lot of good points. This is the singular worst matchup in this division for Derek Lewis. I guess just when the choke was being applied, I I would have liked to see a little bit more urgency out of him. But, yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right that against most guys in this division, he's going to have a different type of confidence. And maybe the moment did get get on him or grade on him a little bit and we'll see how it goes dc's not going to be around forever but uh i don't know i just i don't know if it's the promoter in me that that was trying to sell myself on lewis but i i just felt like i would have gotten a little bit more out of him that's all Well, his last fight in the garden i believe was not at all well received was that vegas or the garden where he fought in ghana that was it was oh was that vegas you know what they all ring together i know I me too man it was, it was 226 it was in vegas okay yeah. um but you know he's uh, again no matter how hard somebody hits, Lewis can stand there and bang with him. But this, like, this is the one came to be a very bad matchup for him as well, simply because of Kane's speed and ferocity, and the fact that Kane can take you down and do the same thing. Right. I just I hate to see when a guy, you know, because a lot of people were banging on Derek Lewis, even though he had won nine of ten and vaulted to number two in the world. There were a lot of people saying he wasn't worthy of this showcase, and I hate when those people get ammunition. And candidly, given that performance, they they have ammo. He he didn't look championship caliber and i think dc as softly as he could say it he just said skill for skill this this guy's just not anywhere close to my level i mean not for nothing though you put a lot of these guys up i mean look what look what dc did to vulcan it wasn't much different if not worse i mean so you know the the realistically when you put those guys in that cage you have to know it's gonna be all right this guy has a puncher's chance he can have all the heart in his world he knew where that was going yeah I think what's most disappointing to me is that John Jones just seems to have no appetite to fight Daniel a third time, even at heavyweight, which could potentially swing the pendulum. And by the way, if John Jones beats Gustafson, give him an opportunity to become a two-division champion simultaneously, which I think would be something that would appeal to John. But, man, I just think neither one of these guys – I think John in particular doesn't want to give – D.C. the satisfaction of a third fight. And I think for D.C., mm. cutting down to 205 at this point is starting to get less realistic by the day. I'll tell you this. If Cormier beats Brock and Jones beats Gustafson and they say to Jones, this is going to be Daniel's last fight, do you want to pop up and fucking make the money for a third and try to get a heavyweight championship? You watch how fast he's going to yeah. grant that yeah. fight. That's going to be a big fight. DC will never cut down to 205. I said this and Dana laughed at me and told me I was wrong, but I knew this was going to happen. Oh. You don't go from 251 back to 205. You just don't do it at age 39. So here's what's going to happen. Jones will probably, you know, again, if he beats Gustafson, he beats fucking uh, Brock. <laughs> then by the summer, at one point, they are fighting for the heavyweight championship, and that's Cormier's last fight. Yeah, and I think DC will bend that deadline a little bit. He'll be 40 on March 20th, but I think if it ends up being July, I think you're right. He'd be okay with it. I just wonder with Daniel, and I think you're absolutely right, 205 pounds is not in his future. But part of him's got to be sitting there in Northern California today thinking, man, you know, two guys who I fought are fighting for my belt in like seven and a half weeks. Like, I think part of him wants to call Dana right now now and say, you know what, why don't you have me fight John on December 29th? I mean, what the fuck? You know, a part of him might... But then again, he's riding so high right now yeah. to, to let that play out and to fuck with a Brock fight would be... This was a crazy one for him to take, even though I know he was confident. But how many... You can't tempt fate. For him, the money fight is Lesnar. Everybody wants to see... Uh, Lesnar against DC, and for DC to be in that conversation, where five years ago or three years ago, I mean, Cormier was not the the the, the marquee name that a right. Jones was, or a Connor was, or a Ronda was, 
And now that's the guy people want to see fight Brock. And the fact that people still boo this guy, it's like, you dummies. Well, not how much. You, how not the much, fuck though. do they boo DC? I mean, he's Who's the nicest him guy. now? I think he's getting I know, more I was, applause I, I heard a decent amount of it, and I was annoyed. I was well, why from, would you do that? Why would yeah, I do you it? You were booing him? Walking out of Madison Square Garden, and I don't know if some people perceived his post-fight interview as being a little bit arrogant because he seemed to get cheered a little bit on the way in, but then on the way out he was getting booed. I don't was know. If, I think it was just the crowd sort of bought into the Black Beast and didn't get what they were looking for and maybe took that out on DC. They were booing the fact that, oh no, this this guy, he really is that much better. Like, yeah, we wanted, right, they were right. for Derek because, you know, look, I mean, Derek did three years. He's a very tough fucking guy. He does have a lot of heart. He's funny. He's charismatic. And they were like, I just want, they wanted to see like this Cinderella story. It's the wrestling. It's what happened when, when DC accepted the fight against Anderson Silva on short notice. People booed him for taking Anderson down. But right. then the, the one, you know, the couple of minutes that he let Anderson stand, Anderson landed on him. So it's like that, you don't fuck around with I will say for the rest of my life, and no one ever believes me, and I know everyone says I'm wrong, well, what's that, that DC was easier on Anderson than he had to be. I will always believe that. I don't. I think he could have really pummeled Anderson more, and he didn't. Yeah, well, then I'm going to try to get a straight answer on that. He'll never I wonder, admit it. though, is the Lesnar payday twice the John Jones payday? Because I think it's probably close to twice the payday. It's probably. Right? Because from a competitive standpoint, and D.C. is the ultimate competitor, right? I mean, I think he was even envious of Henry Cejudo, right? Like, right after D.C. became a two-division champion, there Cejudo goes, becoming a UFC champion and an Olympic gold medal. Right, like DC's always chasing that greatness, sure. and I think the competitor in him wants the Jones fight badly enough, um, despite maybe what he says at times publicly. That even if it was only sixty percent of the money, I think he would work hard to try to get one last crack at that guy. He would, but Brock is just the biggest draw after Connor, I guess, because you get the WWE fans yep. who are not inclined to buy MMA fights, but when with Brock, they will. Yep. So yeah, I, I would love to see a DC fight both of these guys. Well, he deserves that retire. Brock fight. He sure deserves he that. That's that's what I want to see him do next because he deserves that that fight, and I think it's gonna be fun as hell. And uh, before we let you, you you go, John, what do you think of uh, UFC uh, and one championships trade for uh, you know Askren and uh, Johnson? Ooh. So I go way back with Ben Askren. You know, I was like the second person he ever followed on Twitter, and. I've championed his cause for a long time. You know, I did Bellator season one in 2009, and then I left right when he came in in 2010. But he's just always been a guy who deserved to be in the UFC, and I was so regretful that he wasn't going to get a chance to prove himself, really, as one of these all-time great types. So couldn't be happier for him. Obviously, the Demetrius Johnson thing is, is a whole different angle to this. And as Dana says, hopefully he'll be happier abroad. But Ben Askren is a huge addition to this welterweight division. Again, talking about a guy who just intelligent as a fighter, intelligent with his trash talk. I think this guy can be a pay-per-view monster for us in a couple years. He's going to have to win fights and tough stylistic matchups uh, immediately out of the shoot. But huge, huge addition to the welterweight division. I can't wait to see him get started. Uh, who do they match him up with? I mean, do you match him up with uh, Kamara Usman? Because I still say Colby deserves the next shot at Tyron. He was the interim champion. I know Dana or they may have been a little bit annoyed uh, with uh, him for t- getting that surgery. But I still think that Colby has to. I know, yeah, that's true. Eskrim was calling for a Lawler or Wonder Boy. I think they're both fairly good matchups for him, and because of course he wants to go to the ground. So uh, I, I would like to see him against Usman a lot more than those guys. Uh, but what, what, what do you think about that? Colby against uh, uh, Tyron, and then maybe the winner of Usman Askren gets that what, that fight. Well, I just hope and pray that Colby Covington gets a shot at the undisputed welterweight championship. Right? I mean, I just what else does the guy have to do yep. as far as Askren is concerned? 
I think you make a lot of good points, but I think they're going to give him a striker. I think it is going to be one of the names you mentioned, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson or Robbie Lawler. I'm not sure what Wonderboy's appetite is for that fight at this stage of his career. Um, I think he recognizes that's probably the worst matchup for him in the division. Sure. So we'll see. Maybe it'll be Askren Lawler, uh, Askren Thompson, but it's just going to be exciting to see him nonetheless. I think a lot of fans don't quite understand what they have in this guy. Go watch him squeeze a fucking watermelon in half. He's an animal. <laughs> okay, and also, now, uh, and then Chris is pointing out that uh, he and Woodley are very close, so they probably will never fight. So I guess he would be, you know, that's if Covington wins that fight. So then the first fight he comes in and fights, again, a guy who would gladly take him, I think, is Kamaru Usman. Even though Usman kind of wants to fight for a title at this point, too. You know, he probably wants the winner of a Tyron Colby and maybe even deserves it, but uh, Askren's a big fight for Usman. It certainly doesn't hurt to, uh, raising his profile. Yeah, for sure. And of course, Usman has a main event with Rafael dos Anjos that is no picnic, but I don't think Ben Askren, oh, I, ben Askren and Tyron Willie are never going to fight. So uh, Tyron would have to not be the champion, I think, at this point in time for Askren to fight for the undisputed title, but you never know. I mean, Tyron's held the bell for a long time, but there are challengers coming for sure. I respect that, by the way. A lot of people yeah. won't, and they'll be like, oh, it's a sport, a friend and a friend. And he said he knew him for more than half his life, and, and that he would, it's out of the question he wouldn't fight him. And I respect, I'm one of those guys yep. that, 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 that respects that, that way of thinking. That, that, it's a very loyal, um, a loyal thing. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, that's, that you don't Tyron see that a lot, often. and vice versa. Not as much recently, and yeah. it still remains to be seen if Ben Askren is going to do his own thing or if go back to Rufus Sport a little bit. But yeah, there's just such an existing relationship there that I don't think they want. I mean, dude, you know, he's got a Askren got a relationship with Tyron's family. You know, it just it goes pretty deep. So I, I fall on your side of it for sure. Not to mention, there's a plenty like the matchups we're talking about. You know, there's plenty of matchups to make. For Askren, that uh, that's oh, going to yeah. be exciting. So it's not like oh he can't fight the champ, you know. Let's let's see. Let's put him in there with some people. Remember, and I like I like Ben. I think he's very exciting, and you know how how much a fan of the the grappling I am. But there's been other guys. There's been other guys that were killers in other organizations that came over, and and, and all of a sudden, you know. So it's like Justin Gaethje's done pretty well. Well, he's done well, but he's also you know Lost he came too, in yeah. and, no, and I love Justin, but. You know, he didn't come in here and just dominate and shit. He came right. in and had a tough fight right. his first one. He came back and, and yeah. he lost. And he, well, you know what I mean? So in the UFC, but largely he's been dominant. But you're right. I think that's what's most exciting for me yeah. is to see if Askren is, is as good as a lot of us think he is and if it will translate in the big show. But you're right. If you're fighting, you know, Till, Thompson, and Lawler back to back to back, you know, good luck with that. What's his record, uh, uh, John? Uh, he's eighteen zero. He's eighteen and zero with a no contest. Okay. I mean, I'd like to see him fight a Damian Meyer. You know. Well, how about the winner of Maya? Although, you know, I, I would rather see Usman than Maya. I mean, because Maya's. Again, his age, he's, he's and kind also of... Sergio Morales. I'm sorry, Morais. He's, Morais. he's the one who yep. beat um, Ben Ben um, uh, Killer B. Yep. Uh, yep. Ben Saunders. So I mean, his jujitsu. I'd like to see him with a high level jujitsu guy, or a, I know Colby should be getting that next shot, yeah. but Colby or or Usman. Compared yeah, to see, some I of these other tomorrow, guys, I, you guys are getting me excited for that because he's a, he's an increasingly well-rounded guy, and maybe wouldn't necessarily test Ben in terms of an offensive submission game, but in every other area, he'd be a great test for Askren. So All right, buddy. Well, congratulations stuff. on a four-year deal. Uh, you, you're really a great addition to the UFC. So I, I love when you're calling fights. And John, Thank your you, podcast. Man. I'm sorry, Johnny. Your podcast with uh, the great. Uh, Kenny Florian. I was going to say you thought I was going to say Ray Longo, and Ray Longo calls in. What's your podcast again? 
It, it's the Anakin Florian podcast, and I just have to say, we did 25 minutes with Ray today because looking through the fence after Chris lost, and, and I know you guys are still in recovery mode, yeah. even though Iaquinta was training last night deep into the night, but I've never seen Ray so sad, Jimmy, and so despondent after this fight. Sure. And he was really even very emotional this morning, too. You know, I just think it's it's hitting him really hard, and it's just not a real. He just never expected to be in this position with Chris, you know. Yeah, Ray takes it, you know, because everything's, it's more than just a, you know, student, you know, everybody, sure. they're, they're mm-hmm. super close and, you know, everybody's family and yeah. I got his kids calling me Uncle Matt. It, it's, yeah. It just sucks, dude. You know, when they, when your guys win, you feel like you win. When, when, when it doesn't go great, everybody just feels like they got their heart ripped out, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's part of the game. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, uh. It's part of the game, unfortunately. Highest of highs, lowest of lows. That's it, buddy. I don't want to end on a negative note, Johnny. I know, but I just had to say, because I think it's valuable for your audience yeah. that isn't listening to my podcast all the time, I just don't think people quite understand yeah. how elite and talented Chris Weidman is, and it's yeah. a crazy reality that we find him in this predicament. I'm not saying he can't isn't one win away, like the Gastelum win away yeah. from being right back in the mix, but... This was not anybody's expectation when he beat Anderson Silva twice and looked like he was going to become the greatest middleweight of all time. That's all. And again, like with this last fight, like you see, like I, I remember right before he got caught, because I, I watched it this morning, I heard you guys saying he's never looked better. And then right. he gets caught. So it's like, it's not like he's in there ever getting outclassed. Right. You know, it's just kind of like a, you don't want to say luck because you don't want to disrespect your opponents. They're tough as hell and you're fighting on the, 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 the biggest stage, but. This game, one zig, you should have zagged. It's right. not your night, and it doesn't sum up who you are as a fighter or yeah, a person. That's well put, my man. Johnny, Thank thanks you, for hanging out with us, Thank man. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Talk right. to you soon, pal. See great you, boys. John, thanks, Jim. All right, take, take care. care. Really nice right. guy, and just a great, great announcer. Listen, uh, uh, we are wrapping up. I'll say, if you want to see me, you can catch me this uh, Friday night. I'm going to be in... Uh, I believe the Rams head in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. Saturday is the Queen in Delaware. Sunday is the State Theater in Virginia. And then Monday I fly to L.A. So uh, I appreciate uh, John Anik for coming on. And uh, check out uh, Matt Serra's uh, Sarah BJJ. Yeah.com. And that's it, people. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right. And tell a friend about UFC Unfiltered. Right, Jimmy? You got it. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's not my business. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.